So I came across this quote this week and it has just really stuck in my head and I keep thinking about it in relation to everything, business, health, fitness, life, relationships. And the quote is, it's easy to self-sabotage because it enables you to predict the future and gives you an illusion of control. Welcome back to the Institute Collective. We have helped hundreds of people reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, lessons learned, teachable moments, and any topics we think that will help you reach your health and fitness goals as well. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack. I'm the PT. Joining me is my partner, Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon-to-be psychologist. Jack and I were on a walk the other day and I said to him, can we please do a segment on the podcast called What Grinds My Gears? (laughs) (laughs) And I was all for it because I actually had the same thought a couple of days ago, but I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want a whole segment of us just bitching about people on social media. But, you know, that is definitely very popular. (laughs) Yeah. And just a quick disclaimer, we're not actually bitching about anybody in particular, although I'm going to bring up certain names, (laughs) Um, but we're not picking on anybody. This is just our observation and it relates back to what we've learnt in the health and fitness industry. If you have an issue with it, bring it up with us. We, We are more than happy to continue the conversation. We don't want to just go, this is our opinion, accept it or not. Continue the conversation with us. If you're upset by it, reach out and say, this upsets me because, and we can start a conversation about it. Would love to do that. So is this the Grinds My Gears segment right now? What's grinding your gears? (laughs) There's so many things every week and they all come from social media because I suppose that's the only really external content I consume. But this week, this one has been building this profile. I'm not going to mention it because I don't want beef, (laughs) but this profile has been progressively grinding my gears (laughs) and they're a fitness influencer and essentially she like she does have very good content I will say but a lot of the time her content is her posting about bad I don't want to say bad foods either but bad behaviors and then she also posts contradicting things that explain why her behaviors are bad So to start with, it all began when she posted a story about how her hair is finally starting to grow back because she's eating enough food. (laughs) Hold on. How old is this person? Uh, Late 20s. Okay. And she has a big following. She has like an app and she sells programs pretty much. And she's excited because her hair is finally growing back. Yeah. So... If your hair doesn't grow, it's because you're seriously lacking some enough calories, one, because your body can't grow anything if you're not eating enough calories, and two, vitamins and minerals are also probably lacking. And this was the very first thing that stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, what does she mean? Her hair's, She's happy her hair's finally growing back because she's eating enough food. This woman has tens of thousands of followers and she sells fitness programs. She's an ex-bodybuilder, so I guess that a lot of the time they experience pretty severe nutritional deficiencies. 100%. And 
yeah, since then I kind of, I lost a little bit of respect and started to notice a lot of her posts and about the foods that she eats and the foods she's encouraging thousands of girls to eat and the reason that her hair isn't growing. And it's because she advertises eating things like two minute noodles rather than pasta because it's less calories. So firstly, there's nothing wrong with pasta. <laughs> if you can get a good pasta, it's fine. If pasta agrees with you and you're not gluten intolerant, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with pasta. But I just really hate when people only advertise that eating low calorie foods is right. And there's a lot of things wrong with two minute noodles. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with them. I wouldn't eat two minute noodles now, but it's just that this isn't the only case either. It's every meal that this woman posts, it's how to get the minimal amount of calories possible in your diet, which is okay, I guess, if you are going for a physique goal like bodybuilding, but for general health, which is now what she tries to sell, I think it's just very wrong to try and instill in people that if you want to look like me, you have to eat as little as possible. Mm. Which is, that's such a shit message because she's probably been doing it since she was a teenager. Like mm. just eating enough to be a functionally functioning human, look good, work out in the gym and that borderline. So after what, 10 years of doing that, she could sort of, like, she's got those variations in there. She starts eating a bit more and her hair grows back which is just stupid. But say somebody else in their 30s is, sees that and goes, well, I want to look like that, and then starts eating what she eats, they're going to experience a whole lot more issues than just hair loss. Their skin, nails, digestion, mood, energy. Yeah. Where she, Her body's been doing it for 10 years. She's used to that. Like that's how her body's just like, well, this is how it is. I'm going to be low energy. Yeah. I've just got to be accept to be happy in these energy swings and you know feeling like shit but if if anybody else was to go out and do that they would have huge mood swings they'd feel like shit they'd probably put on a lot of body fat mm. because their body is in such a shock and they're going to be losing their hair and looking like shit yeah and it just it just shits me like because social media is so here's this one photo of me with abs you know and then she doesn't post all of the other probably eating problems that she has now, deficiencies, the hair loss, like, it's just like, I've got abs, so I know how to be healthy. But the shit thing is, you can get that by eating healthy and training properly and all that sort of stuff. It just takes longer. Yeah. And it's a lot more effort. We were having this conversation with a client the other day. It's just a lot more effort and people aren't willing to put in that effort because, you know, it takes a long time. They're not gonna be, take, take the time to buy the good food, cook the good food, They'd rather just go get takeaway. Yeah. And yeah, it's just crazy. Um, my my gears grinding <laughs> thing comes from actually in person. Okay. So not this did, didn't actually come from any of my clients. I just overheard a couple of people talking about this at the gym. And it's about protein shakes. Mm -hmm. Like I know I've been crapping on about protein for the last couple of weeks, but it is very important. And obviously with that comes protein shakes. And these people didn't want to drink protein shakes because it was processed and it's going to bulk them up and all this sort of stuff. But I know these people and I know they go out and party hard on the weekends. And I, I didn't enter into the conversation because I'm like, you know what, I just start, it, it's just a losing battle for me. Protein shakes don't bulk you up, calories do. So 
um, going out and having 20 drinks on a Friday and Saturday night, that's almost as many calories as you need for the rest of the week. Like you think, what, what 40 alcoholic drinks, that would be what? 40 alcoholic drinks, I suppose 20 a day. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably a week worth of eating for me. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So those two nights, and they're just drinks. So they probably had dinner, you know, ate a little bit because they, you know, as you get drunk, you eat cho- your inhibitions go and you're happy to eat chocolate and all sorts of bad foods. So on those two nights, they had as many calories as they needed for the whole next week, even more. But they're worried about this one protein shake bulking them up. And being processed. And being processed. So alcohol is terrible for you. Um, Obviously, the higher up the scale you go in alcohol, so the more expensive it is, the better quality it is, the better it can be for your body. I'm not saying it is good for your body at all, but obviously, you know. It's metabolized better. Yeah, but I could imagine that these people were drinking, um, I don't know, the very- Green sacks. <laughs> or sugary drinks. You know the drinks I'm talking about, like they're- like, Cocktails you know, co- and all, like, So there's a lot of calories in it because of the sugars and everything that go into it. Um, so they're so processed and all that sort of stuff. Where protein shakes, yeah, 100%, 100% agree. They're not the best um, source of protein out there. Obviously, you know, natural sources are 10 times better. But um, protein, you know... It, it's not a bad option if you can't afford to eat steak every meal, for an can. example. Yeah, no one can. So, you know, for a decent protein shake, you know, you get a scoop out of the bag. You're looking at like two, $2 a serve for the same amount of protein as what you'd get from a steak. Mm. Yeah, it's not the best, but it's still great. And it's going to help you, your body recover from workouts and do everything that protein does. But just when you, if you're contemplating adding in protein shakes and you're like, oh, because of this, this and this what else are you eating or drinking that, you know, is worse? Yeah. Um, is all I'm getting at there. That was just grinding my gears. I think this is a very good segment to start with too because we kind of get very enthusiastic about the grinding of the gears and then we can go into some more serious topics, I suppose. I just want to take a quick break to thank you. Yes, you listening. Without people like you listening along, interacting with the podcast and sending us messages about how much you enjoy the podcast and topics you want to hear about, we really wouldn't do this. We do this podcast to help you reach your health and fitness goals. So if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast because it really does help us reach more people so we can help them reach their health and fitness goals as well. If you have already, I thank you. If you haven't, I thank you in advance. And let's get back to the episode. So I came across this quote this week and it is just really stuck in my head and I keep thinking about it in relation to everything, business, health, fitness, life, relationships. And the quote is, it's easy to self-sabotage because it enables you to predict the future and gives you an illusion of control. One more time. It's easy to self-sabotage because it enables you to predict the future and gives you an illusion of control. So when you self-sabotage, let's say, for example, you're trying to lose weight, 
but on the weekends you go out and you drink even though you know you could choose to drink less you're still making the choice to drink more and ultimately you're sabotaging your results and controlling the outcome which is that you're not going to achieve your result so by self-sabotaging you control the outcome does that make sense Hmm. Uh, what would be another example so it almost give you gives your making yourself an excuse why you can't achieve your goal yes but you're doing it almost subconsciously i think a lot of the time when people start their health and fitness journey it is scary to change and the people around you don't normally from experience with clients react very well to change so although you might have signed up with a pt or a nutrition coach and you have every intention of wanting to change you will do small things to sabotage your results so that you can control the outcome, which is ultimately not changing because you don't want to upset the people around you or get rid of the lifestyle that you currently have. Mm. Um, 100%. And that it's quite easy to start exercising, start changing your food and everything like that, but actually changing yourself and I guess your inner self and the people around you is the hardest thing. Mm. You can't change the people around you, you can change yourself, but the people around you do influence you a lot. And a good example for that for myself is when we moved back to my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I moved away from Aladala when I was 19. I come back a little bit here and there, but essentially I moved away from all my friends when I was 19. So at that time I was drinking a lot, partying a lot, doing all those things, and now I've come back completely changed. I don't drink at all. So these people are like, but you, like, what do you mean you don't drink? Yeah. You're Jack. Like, they've just got this image of who I am in their head. And when, it, when I'm not that person, it d- definitely confuses them. But then they try and convince me to be that person again. Oh, no, just come out for a few drinks. It's going to be fine. Um, and I'm like, no, I don't drink. Like, I don't want to go in those situations because I get nothing out of it. Mm. And... It just, yeah, it goes in the opposite direction I want to go. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it'll be fine. Just come out for a drink or two. And it's like they're trying to force that old image of myself onto me again so I fit their image of me. Yeah. And it's, and I, I can't change that for people. It's like you almost got to cut them out of your life. And I'm not saying that, that they're bad people or, you know, I don't want them around. It's just I've got to accept that they can't accept me for who I've changed into. Yeah, exactly. I think this week I noticed it in relation to business. I know not everyone that actually probably, I hope everyone that listens to this podcast does health and fitness, (laughs) but just to put it in another scenario again, was sometimes I make things to do in the business for myself that aren't necessarily urgent. And that is me self-sabotaging the progress of the business, I suppose, because I will just make up something that's urgent. And I'm like, I have to do this right now, today, the next for the next three days. And it's not always a bad thing. Like the past, what, four days, I've pretty much been doing, working on one thing in the business. But necessar- not, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm sabotaging myself, but I think that I can see that I could do it a quicker way. And I'm just prolonging it because there's other things in the business that are more confronting that I don't want to do, but are ultimately going to make us more money. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's just, I guess you just have to sort of try and notice when you're doing silly things like that, like, I don't know, prolonging 
yourself going to the gym or getting takeaway even though you know you could cook and things like that and just step back and be like why why am I actually doing this do I actually want this goal or do I just want this goal because other people tell me that this is the goal I should have mm. um yeah two things there just quickly back onto the food thing like I've been catching myself a lot lately wanting to just get takeaway because it's easier and the thought of coming home cooking and then just finally sitting down eating like I know I'm pretty much going to go from eating, sitting down and then straight to bed, like, cause there's no time in between. If I get takeaway, it's gonna be a lot quicker. I can get home, eat straight away and sit down and relax for a lot longer. Mm. And I'm starting starting to finally get to the point where I'm like, no, I'll just take the harder option because the harder option is gonna get me better results. Mm. Um, I just, and <laughs> it's like, people are like, yeah, well duh, but I've been doing this for a long time and I'm still finding my, catching myself doing those things. So, yeah. um, and just back to like people having a image of you that's not real, like their image of you in their head, business. Like we run our own business. We don't have set times that we work. We don't work nine to five where a lot of our friends do. So when we say we can't do stuff on the weekend or we don't hang out with them on the weekends because we've got work to do, they don't get it. And again, it's not bad, it's not good, it's just how it is. But a lot, of, like a lot of the time I can see our friends get maybe upset or not upset, but just annoyed with us because we don't do as much with them. But in the end of the day, like we've got to do what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I finished, I'll finish this segment off with just a um, you know, thing that I've realized that no one gives a shit more than you do. If you're relying on other people to care about your goals as much as you do, you're gonna fail. Because like like Mac, I love Mac, she's the best. I trust her 100%, but I know that when it comes down to it, she focuses on her goals more than mine, and that's how it should be. Like I, I wouldn't expect her to give up everything and just focus on my goals and help me achieve them. It's not fair on her, it's not fair on me type thing. So. If you're in those situations, just don't rely on other people to give you what you need, whether it's happiness, your goals, Doing that is just self-sabotage, really. Yeah. Um, I wanted to elaborate on, you said something that reminded me of a podcast I listened to, and that's about you choosing the harder option when cooking. And I don't know what happened to us, but I think I've been doing this as well with so many things. Is it because of the 75 hard challenge? Possibly. Maybe. But uh, I was listening to a podcast on dopamine the other day and they were talking about how evolu- like evolutionarily speaking, for us to get a release of dopamine, we would have to do something hard. So you would have to walk for hours or days to find fresh water or food and then that fresh water or food would give us a hit of dopamine. And it will be like rewarding and we're like, great. So when we do something hard, we get a reward at the end. So we're more inclined to do hard things. Whereas now there's, we get so many quote unquote rewards from social media and TV and drugs and alcohol and fast food and junk food that we've almost completely eliminated the part where you have to work hard to get the reward. And by doing that, our dopamine levels like the baseline has dropped. So we have to consume so much more 
pleasurable food or social media or TV to try and even get close to as high as the things that we do when we have a hard lead up to it. So say for example, I think, what was the example I used for running the other day? If you want to run a marathon and your end goal is to run a marathon, you would start by running 1K. And running the 1K is hard, but then you finish it and you feel good and you get a release of dopamine and that's great. But if you, I don't know what to compare it to, like the hard part is the running and then you can also get a dopamine hit from social media, right? But you just scroll and there's no effort in scrolling. So you do, it's just like dopamine, 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 but it means nothing almost. Mm. So we have to do it more and more and more. Whereas when you exercise or run, you put in the hard work and the dopamine effect is much greater because you've, you're actually working for something. And that's like what we're wired to do, work for a reward. Yeah. Um, I, f- I forgot there was one more thing I wanted to talk about grinding my gears and it was in <laughs> relation to that. So um, Marcus Philly is, if you're an old school CrossFit enthusiast you would know who Marcus Philly is he was back in the OG days of CrossFit and then he went out and done his own thing and now he has a bunch of gyms sells programs and courses and all that sort of stuff and he is very good looking like he is probably the most ripped person on social media and you can tell that he's changed with his content so if you go back 12 months his content was very informative like, yeah, he had his top off when he was sort of talking about cooking because he's so ripped, so mm. everybody's more attracted to watching it. But he, within that, there was good content. He was given good content, good tips and all that sort of stuff. And you can see it, he's exploded over the last, you know, 12 months and he's got a lot more followers, obviously getting a lot more likes, getting a lot more attention, and his content has completely changed. So go back 12 months and he would have given you a reel about how to squat perfectly. The other day, he put up a um, reel about, do you squat for your nuts out? What? Yeah. And that was the, the, the big catchphrase to get you in. And you're like, what do you mean? Is he squatting with no shorts on or something? But then he was just talking about the nuts on the weight plates. So Olympic lifting mm-hmm. plates have nuts on it that screw the plate together. Then you slip it onto the barbell type thing. And he's talking about those nuts. Like, Obviously, it was just to catch people eye and, you know, yeah, have a bit of a fun. But now all his content is like that. Yeah, right. So I think it works both ways. Like as a consumer, you get drawn to that because it's like, oh, is he squatting with his nuts out? And it's a little bit of a dopamine hit and then it's just a bit of fun. But then obviously on his side, he's getting all these dopamine hits from doing stupid content like that. And he's gone all yeah. the way over. So. It's like all the content on social media is completely changing because on one side, it's giving us as the consumers a good hit of dopamine watching these stupid reels, but then it's given the creator a good hit of dopamine because he's getting more views views and likes and all that sort of stuff from creating that content. Yeah. So yeah. it's just completely changing directions because of what you just said, like simple, easy dopamine hits. Yeah. Andrew Huberman had a very good analogy the other day about dope, not about dopamine even, just about social media. And he said, if we saw another animal, because we're animals, obviously, behave the way we do with social media, we would think they were sick. So 
if we saw a dog in a corner of a room digging, constantly digging, constantly looking, constantly sniffing for something, we would label that dog as sick. And that is exactly what we do on social media. We are just looking and looking and looking for some kind of reward, some kind of excitement, anything. And since I heard that Andrew Huberman analogy, I just can't, every time I go on social media, I cannot stop thinking about it. I'm like, I am a sick dog. I cannot stop scrolling. (laughs) Get me off. But I don't know, bringing it back to health and fitness, obviously scroll, like we got TikTok recently, which I'm pretty sure we spoke about on here just to try and get more exposure. And compared to Instagram, TikTok is so much easier to get stuck on because it's visual and auditory. So there's two parts of your brain that it's using. And before TikTok and probably before I was really into Reels, I spent a lot more time doing stretching and yoga and breathing and reading in the mornings. But now it's almost like I want to quickly finish my morning routine so that I can check social media or Mm. post to social media. And it's actually like directly impacted how active I am because when I've finished working or I want to have a break from work, rather than going and doing a 10 minute yoga session, I will just go on social media. Mm. And yeah. I don't know how to manage that. <laughs> Stay tuned because we will work on this and give you <laughs> ways to get away from social media. Oh, yeah. Have you, what have you got this week? That's it. Just grinding my gears. Grinding my gears. Those ones. Um, I did want to talk about weight loss and fat loss because you have been spending a lot of time working on a fat loss guide. And it's the fucking best guide you will ever get guys (laughs) like i know it's a shameless plug about one of our programs but you can actually get it for free if you hit the link below in the show notes you can get this whole program for free we are going to start charging for it in a couple of weeks or two weeks and the first of november first of november we're actually going to start charging for it but you guys can get it for 100 percent free no no things attached literally enter your email address and we send it straight to your email um but last Last week or the week before, we had a big response about not letting weight determine your self-worth. Your weight doesn't equal, you know, how healthy you are, doesn't equal how, you know, you're a better person, nothing. Weight doesn't have any really metrics. So fat loss is what most people are going for when they say weight loss. Um, And... It's not necessarily saying you're unhealthy, you're a bad person when somebody wants to lose a bit of fat. It's fine. We all carry a little bit extra body fat. Um, You could be chasing aesthetic goals where you want to dive a little bit deeper and lose body fat, or you just might want to be a little bit healthier. The less body fat you have, the more energy you're going to have, the better you're going to feel, the better you're going to move. Whoa, 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 to a certain extent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because we were just ragging on someone that has very small body fat in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, so I was going to bring it back to that. And then we've had this question before, what is a healthy body body fat percentage for me? And we've had people write that into the show and we can't actually answer that because everybody is so different. Um, And I don't think there's actually a right answer there for what is a healthy percentage of body fat. Um, now, BMI and all that sort of stuff, don't disregard that. That's just as bad as weight for measurement-wise. But body fat, you can measure it. It's a bit difficult. You've got to get like a bo- decent body scan or skin fold calibers, calibers, that sort of stuff. 
but even they have degrees of accuracy. So um, the good way to do it is just sort of see how you're looking, how your um, clothes are fitting, how you're feeling, all that sort of stuff. So um, I just want to sort of talk about that a little bit just because we've got this guide coming out and I know we get a lot of questions about body fat and percentages and that sort of stuff. So all I'd say is just, yeah, there's not necessarily a goal you should aim for. You can lose a little bit, see how you feel. You can gain a little bit, see how you feel, yeah. and go from there. When I was writing this guide, it did make me feel like writing fat loss makes me feel weird mm. <laughs> because it's so frowned upon, you know. Um, and I think weight loss is such a more common term. And I kept thinking, should I change it from fat loss? But fat loss is a better goal than weight loss. And majority that's actually what majority of people are aiming for. So I'll just give a tiny little what's inside. We tried to make it as in-depth as possible. Essentially, it's a four-week program, like exercise program, that you can do from home. So a lot of the time when people are wanting to lose fat, I think that they're starting from nothing. And it's very intimidating going to the gym for the first time or going to the gym by yourself or joining a group class. So we tried to make it one from home so anyone can do it and it's a great place to start. And then two, I included how to uh, calculate, work out your calories. So there is calorie counting involved because you know that we like calorie counting for the right reasons. Um, but I think a lot of the time people just go, like we've said before, with 1200 calories and start with there. But I've actually put in how you can calculate your calories for you and how to calculate your calories if you need to reverse diet first. So if you're already not eating enough, if you're eating 1200 calories, say, and you want to lose fat, you're going to have to first increase your calories <laughs> before you can decrease your calories. It sounds very counterintuitive, but trust me, science. Okay, guys? It yeah, explains this, this, the whole thing in the guide. This isn't just Mac and I just making Mac shit up and, oh, this might work. This is all stuff. Everything we teach in our courses, in our programs is backed by science. Like, yep. it's not like, oh, it might work. This does work. It works. Like, this, yeah. And then along with that, I've put in a bunch of stuff about how to be consistent, why you need to be consistent. There's a big section about like blowing out your calories on the weekends, like we spoke about with the alcohol and then how that's going to affect your results with this program. So it's a very short program, four weeks, right? We only want you to count your calories and do this program for four weeks to see how much progress you get and then you can do it again or you can get one of our longer programs. But it's four weeks because we want you to do it extremely consistent, consistently. And I've put in a bunch of stuff about how to handle alcohol with friends, how to handle socializing, how to handle eating out. I don't know. There's so it's like 35 pages long. You just have to download it, okay? <laughs> and that's that's all I got. Mm. I put up a question box in regards to it. Are you ready for questions? Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll just pick a few. But one of the questions I got, and I didn't answer this. I kind of answered it in the in the guide as well, but I think it's a good one for the podcast. And it's how do I know if I'm training hard enough? Mm. Which is a, I, this is a great question because I think that I've just gone through this realization of I haven't been training hard enough because we were doing CrossFit prior to whatever it is we're doing now. <laughs> and you train very hard in CrossFit because every workout is a competition. So you train your hardest pretty much 
five days a week. And then we left that and started doing, I guess, bodybuilding, functional fitness kind of thing. And I had I have no friends to go to the gym with and Jack always is training clients or trains with a client. So I sort of just trained by myself and I spent the last three months probably not pushing very hard because I have no one to compete with. And that's how I started was competing, right? With people, because that's where I started was in CrossFit. And then we watched a YouTube video and Eugene Taylor spoke about how hard you should actually be pushing. And I started doing that a lot more. <laughs> and it is very hard when you're by yourself, I will say. But did you want to elaborate on how to tell when you should, how if you're hard, working out hard enough? Yeah, so there's two schools of thought with this. Um, and I think both schools just come from different areas, I guess you could say. Um, if you're new into health and fitness, in new to working out, I'd recommend just working out and not worrying about hard, how hard you're working out. Because it's a new stimulus on your body, your body's going to be adapting to it. So this is where you know a lot of people get it wrong. They think the harder I work, the better results I'm gonna get. And mm. that's not necessarily right, comma, sort of thing. Just bear with me for a sec. So, um, like I said, you're starting out, it's a new stimulus on your body, your body's going to be working on adapting to that stimulus, so it doesn't need to be much. If you go all out and go maximum effort straight away, the only way to change the stimulus is to come back down. Mm. And you're coming back down from the top level, so you might as well work up slow as possible, and this could be a five-year journey, to that top level, because as you level up, your body's gonna have a different stimulus, so it's gotta to adapt to that stimulus. And while it's adapting, that's when you're getting results. So maximal effort doesn't equal maximal results. Now, for somebody like Mac in her example, um, and this is why I, I, I hate when clients rely on me or rely on something to get results. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with Mac just going to the gym, three, four times a week and just working out and you know not pushing hard. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. She's still gonna get great results. She still looks really good. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, if she wants to start trying to build muscle and all that sort of stuff, this is where you have to start pushing it a little bit harder. So again, when you're training for aesthetics, it's not so much health. You're sort of going away from that health a little bit and how much you wanna go away from it is up to you. So um, weightlifting and bodybuilding and all that sort of stuff, yes, you're gonna to have to start pushing harder and harder as time progresses because your body's getting used to that stimulus. So yes, you can change the rep range but and the weight that you use, but sooner or later, you're gonna to have to start pushing your body and your mind to places where it's not used to so you can bring that stimulus into your body. Um, where am I going with that? So the question was, we're very good at rambling sometimes. Um, how do I know if I'm training hard enough? Um, and again, that's a choice you've got to make. I'd say push a little, like, push a little bit harder. And if the harder you push, you're going into that range of unhealthy, the risk of injury goes up. Um, but if that's what you want, that is fine. I guess it also depends on like the training style. Like if you're doing CrossFit, if you're doing F45, if you just go into the gym, if you're 
trying to work on endurance, if you want to lose weight, if you want to build muscle. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't recommend like doing CrossFits five, six days a week and that maximal effort. Um, you can supplement it like, but that's the thing, like running a kilometer for some people could be maximal effort. It's probably me. <laughs> um, or, you know, just doing a couple of back squats could be maximal effort. It, it's so different for everybody. It's hard question to sort of answer. Yeah. I will say from my recent experience that paying very close attention to your body when you're exercising, like we've spoken about this before on the podcast, makes a huge difference. So, I mean, the biggest thing that I've changed recently probably is not going on social media in the gym. Even when I'm resting, I just walk around in circles instead of going on social media, but it just stops you from being connected with your body. And when you're doing something like, for example, a split squat, just think about your muscle literally pushing your body weight up. And you can either, you'll either realize that you've been undercutting yourself a lot and you can do a lot more without actually overstraining or maybe you could go heavier and you don't even realize. It's just, I, I, I see a lot of people in the gym sometimes do split squats with 10 kilo dumbbells and then that's their weight forever. Mm. And I've even been guilty of doing that in the past because I have no one, not that I need someone to compare myself with, but that's what I was used to. I have no one to compare myself with. So I don't know, just I think paying extra close attention to how your body physically feels during, after, and even the day after. Yeah, so that mind-body connection, there's a lot of science behind that now. So people that actually had that connection, and it's again, that connection is different for everybody, have seen up to 16% more gains in the gym just by connecting their body and thinking about the muscle when it's contracting, all this sort of stuff. But like Max said, that's going to be a journey in itself of you becoming more efficient, more a more experienced lifter. So a more experienced lifter in the gym will have that mind-body connection where somebody who's just starting won't really understand it. So that takes time to build. And as you build it, like it's not necessarily you have to record your weights. You're just going to know. You'll do one set and you go, that wasn't enough. So you go up a little bit. Just because your mind is so connected to your body and you just realize how much weight you can lift that day and what you can't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll just do one more question. Yeah. The other one was uh, consistency and scheduling time to work out with a busy life. Time yeah. Time to work with my bit. Yeah. Um, so I've had sort of discussions around this with one of my other clients who's super busy in the real estate world. And um, we get very good at scheduling our business stuff. Like we'll have these diaries, they're very structured, allow time to go from here to here, minimal time in between, very productive. But then it's like when it comes to our own body, we can't schedule anything. Yeah. Um, I'd, and it's just sort of a, I think it's just a process of merging them. So as your calendar gets busy, put time in there to, or you, you might see it, it's busy at the end of the week and it's the start of the week, prep some food for that busy time, that sort of stuff. Just start paying attention to those things and actual scheduling time to work out. Like why, 
and again, I guess this is just perspective, but I believe working out is is important, the most important part of the day. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that above everything else. Like if I miss a meeting or I have to move some things around so I can get that workout in, that's how it is for me. So be it. One of Jack's clients had something very interesting in the gym last night and it was that her and her sister have both started to improve their health and they're doing more yoga, more walking, more running, coming to the gym more often. And she was saying how um, it's a shame it's so expensive to be healthy, which, yeah, I guess it is. I don't really think about it because uh, privilege. (laughs) Um, But she's like her or her sister said that, but it's worth it because you get to live longer. You get to, you can focus better. You are more energetic. You feel better. You look better. So I don't know. I like to think about going to the gym as giving myself more motivation, more energy, more focus to work. Mm. So rather than thinking like the gym is taking time out of my work that I'm going to get done, think about it as a way to recharge and get more focused, more productive work done. Yeah. Um, okay, so just to finish off, you brought up one more grind my gear thing. Oh, gosh. So it come down, I, I had this conversation with a client and he was telling me about his breakfast and he was having these oats and yogurt and then he was having all these different nuts and seeds and stuff like that on his yogurt. And I said, all those stuff, all that stuff is good, but um, almonds and all the other nuts that he said he was having aren't actually considered nuts. They're actually, so... Almonds, peanuts, cashews, cashews, macadamia, all those sort of nuts are actually considered fruit and they're actually dried and processed to, I guess, to the nut form that we consume. And I said, you're better off spending money on Brazil nuts and walnuts because they're pretty much the only nuts that you can get that are actually nuts and have good um, vitamins, minerals and fats in them. He's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. So he went out, looked at the price of um, Brazil nuts Brazil, Brazil nuts, and just said, no, I'm not buying that. And I said, well, look, that's fine, but you probably spent the same amount of money on all these other ones that you could just use for that one Brazil nut because they are. They're very expensive, but they are more beneficial. And you. I would say you only need one to two a day. Yeah, you don't need many. Two, two Brazil nuts for me and yeah. I'm a big human, Yeah, is more than enough. So they're going to last longer. So overall, they are actually cheaper, but they're more of an upfront cost. Mm. And it's just like trying to explain that to people, but then they're like, no, no, I'll just get this trail mix. Oh, like, trail mixes just grind my gears. <laughs> exactly. So um, that was just grinding my gears as well. It's like, <laughs> yes, there's cheaper options out there, and they might seem better because they're more popularized, like almonds, they're not actually nuts. You're better off spending your money on actual nuts. Not saying that almonds are bad food either, but they just don't have probably the nutritional benefit that you think you're getting from eating nuts. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I just grinding my gears. <laughs> all right, if you've made it this so far, again, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you all in the next episode. Bye.